So I'm guessing that somewhere within your agitated hearts and minds, a question has occurred to you concerning the COVID-19 virus, which goes something like this. Why? Why us? Why me? Just why? It's a question pastors routinely hear from a wide variety of people when they are hurting or in some miserable distress. The Bible is filled with people asking it in all sorts of situations. We know there isn't a completely satisfying answer. We hack at it from a number of angles, but eventually we'll likely find ourselves falling into the arms of our God by the sheer weight of the mystery of the fragile nature of our existence. Now, as it turns out, Nicole Armstrong, the reader you just heard and our director for spiritual formation, is leading a class on a variation of this question at the 10 o'clock hour on Sunday morning. You may want to tune in on Zoom. And remember, you can find the connect for that at, do you remember? ChristChurchNYC.online. ChristChurchNYC.online. Well, this question got me thinking about several things this week as we situated for sheltering. And I especially got to wondering about the issue of entitlements. Now, that's a loaded word within our political culture, as in the so-called entitlements of health care and social security. But shifting our focus a bit, I have in mind a subtler association with the word that occurred to me thinking about the blind man in our gospel lesson and the lie most of us tell ourselves much of the time that flips the question of suffering upside down. It's the lie pertaining to matters of what I'll call elemental entitlements, not the political variety. This lie fuels the illusion that we deserve the various positive things that have occurred to us including gifts and abilities we were born with, in addition to whatever we've managed to accumulate through the exercise of our various powers. As far as I can tell, this seems a near universal human misconception. If we're somewhat prosperous, we believe we deserve it. And if we're not, we believe we deserve to be. In either case, it's the idea that we deserve anything at all that captures my attention here. This same lie sits beneath the story we heard Nicole read. As Frederick Niedner points out, most of us assume that we deserve the ability to see. The Pharisees in the story believe that somehow this blind man and everyone else like him must have forfeited sight through some error in judgment or some misbehavior or something. We'll surely see to it that we never make that mistake, they likely think to themselves. That's why the disciples ask, by the way, well, who sinned that this man should be born blind? Since we deserve to see, goes the logic, then someone somewhere really messed up. Shattering the delusion of utter control over our destinies, many of us have, along comes something like the coronavirus to set us straight. But then we also believe we deserve all the gifts that have come to us, including all of our basic senses, even life itself. 
The idea that we deserve a healthy, reasonably happy, and uncomplicated life dies very, very hard. This is especially true for those of us who've had access to more than life's simple necessities, which likely includes the majority of persons who are tuning in to this message. Surely our political talk about so-called entitlements is laced with a patchwork of powerful projections of our latent fantasies about our own inherently deserved elemental entitlements. Who should have them and who shouldn't, for instance? Who do you suppose receives more lavish governmental attention? The billionaire or the out-of-work construction worker? But, but then politics aren't my main focus here. I simply want to make the point that most, probably all of us to some degree, suffer from the faulty supposition that we deserve anything at all, starting with life itself. I'm thinking here about our fundamental, stripped down to the nubs, spiritual situation. It's clear in our story that the Pharisees think the healing this man received came on the wrong day to the wrong person from an unlicensed and renegade leader. Lost in the mix is the fact the man can now see. And for real, see. Even his parents get tangled up in the discourse about who deserves what. They don't want to find themselves on the wrong side of the community spirit. Now, having said that we suffer from the absurd conviction that we actually deserve all the gifts we received, I want to quickly add that it's also clear God is pleased to shower us with an astonishing ray of gifts. What we do with them is very important. And here's where justice emerges as an essential spiritual commitment, let alone political. But from the spiritual side of things, it's essential to get this foundational point right, lest we have an improper relationship with the gifts themselves thinking we somehow inherently deserve them. We don't. There's a text in Deuteronomy that's often read during the Thanksgiving season. It comes as God's word spoken through Moses to the Israelites, who says, Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God, when you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God. Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is God who gives you power to get wealth. We've not been on the receiving end of a wonderful array of gifts because we deserve them. But having whatever it is we have, whether it seems great or small, we hold an awesome responsibility to live with an attitude of extravagant gratitude, maximizing our options in a spirit of generous abundance. And this has ramifications about how we are to love our neighbors. When Tertullian, a third century pagan historian, exclaimed, see how the Christians love one another, he was responding to the evidence of how it is they lived their lives. They walked their talk, in other words. 
They understood the proper ordering of things, that no one deserved anything, so that even life itself was understood as an absolutely astonishing gift. Holding this clearly in mind shaped their attitude and relationship to all of their various powers. It showed up in their priorities and in their commitment to the common good. What we learn from our tradition is that the proper orientation towards life is rooted in the soil of spiritual humility in which we acknowledge life is a gift, pure and simple, from start to finish. Pure gift, from start to finish. That all of our various powers are gifts. That God is the source point. That we ourselves are gifts given to the larger community. Now that's a very fundamentally different way to think about our relationship to one another, isn't it? What on earth does it mean to say, I am a gift of God to the wider community for the sake of the common good? Well, in the story of the blind man, we learn it all depends on how we look at things and then in our looking, what we actually are.